starting a brand new uh, series today called Dream Big, Start Small. Everybody say Dream Big, Big. Start Small. And you're going to find some notes on the screen if you want to uh, follow along that way. Um, I I started a little conversation a couple of weeks ago um, talking about multiply and talking about the power of the seed and the way that the kingdom of God operates in our life. And it got me thinking uh, after, after the first service, I was talking to Omar in the back, and I said, I think this is a series. It, it, it didn't mean to be a series, but I think it's a series. And he said, I think it's a series. He said, I think it's a book. And I said, well, let's do a series first and then see if it's a book. <laughs> Amen. So, um, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk a little bit um, from, from those thoughts that I had a few weeks ago. If you have not watched that series or that sermon, excuse me, I'd encourage you hop on YouTube or uh, Apple Podcasts. You just type in Jabin Chavis Multiply. You'll see it. And I, I think that message will be a blessing to you. But let's go to Joshua chapter 5. I want to just look at one little verse of Scripture. And uh, this is the children of Israel. They have entered the promised land. They're about to take on Jericho. And here's what the Bible says. Then the manna ceased. On the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. So they've left the wilderness. They're now in the promised land. And the manna has ceased. The children of Israel no longer had manna. They ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. I want to talk from the subject missing manna. Missing manna. Missing manna. Father, I love you. And I love this church. And I love what you're doing in this church. I praise you for it. I honor you for it. I glorify you for it. I I pray now, speak Holy Spirit. We are listening. We are leaning in. We push away every distraction. We push away everything that would hinder this moment. And we, we, we lean into your word and into your voice now. Open our hearts to what you would have to say to us today. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that prayer, say amen. Amen and amen. And amen. Thank you. Uh, it, it, it's been a couple of years now as, as all this kind of started exploding in our, in our culture, but I remember Shannon sending me a text one day saying, uh, can you grab the groceries? And I said, yeah, sure, I can, I can go get the groceries. What, can you send me a list? And she said, no, 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 just go grab the groceries. And I said, well, yeah, just tell me what I need to buy, and I'll go buy the groceries. She said, no, honey, they're at the door. Can you go grab the groceries? <laughs> And I, I didn't know about Amazon Prime yet. I didn't know. I didn't know about Uber Eats and Postmates. And uh, did anyone discover that during the last two years? Uh, yeah, yeah. It spoiled us. There, there's nights that I'll be eating Chinese food, and Shannon will be eating Greek food, and Goldie will be eating Chick Fil A. And <laughs> glory to God. Um, we we. We've gotten used to the Uber Eats now and the Postmates and the Amazon Prime. And for 40 years, the children of Israel had a heavenly Uber Eats. They had a heavenly Postmates. For 40 years, they would wake up every morning to manna. They would wake up every morning to quail. And they would wake up with a rock that would follow them throughout the days, bringing fresh water. And after 40 years... God makes a change. They're finally in the promise of God. They're they're finally in their promise land. They're no longer bound in Egypt. They're no longer wandering in the desert. They are now in the land flowing with milk and honey, the land sworn to Abraham over 400 years. 
hundred years earlier, but with this new season comes a change. This is their destiny moment. This is their fulfillment of the promise, and yet no more manna. Because when God does a new thing in our life, it always requires and is accompanied by change and transition. So they wake up one morning expecting heavenly postmates, and there's no more deliveries. <laughs> now, if you remember when God first gave them the manna, they, they didn't recognize it. That's why they called it manna. They called it, what is it? What is this thing? And no doubt, now after getting used to it for 40 years, they're having to deal with the new way that God is providing. And I've, I've, I've learned this now, 24 years of walking with Jesus. God will keep us on our toes. <laughs> Can I get an amen? The, the, the mission is sacred. The message is sacred. But I found that God's methods are not. And uh, that, that's why almost every time Jesus healed somebody in Scripture, it was always different. Because he, he just he's not bound to one religious box that we can put him in. And, 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 and we celebrate it when we see it in Scripture. But it feels uncomfortable when it's happening in our own life. Because it's like, God, I thought you were doing it this way. And he says, I was doing it that way. But now I'm doing it this way. Because if I keep doing it that way, your faith will be in the thing instead of in me. So I got to... <laughs> there is now missing... Manna, and with this change, God is requiring a different mentality. That's where I'm going right now. So, so if we're going to dream big and start small, we must change how we think. The New Testament word for this would be repentance. Repentance is not just when you make a mistake and sin and turn back to God. Repentance is a way of thinking that is different than the way you were thinking. I've, I've thought this way, but that way won't work anymore because God's doing something new and I'm going to have to repent. I'm going to have to change to get in the flow of what God is doing now. Manna was good for 40 years, but God ain't doing manna anymore. So now I have to shift. So with that, with that in mind, if we're going to go from dreaming big and starting small, if we're going to leave manna behind, then we have to go from miracles only to sowing and reaping. Now, I believe in miracles. I feel like I got to keep saying this. I, I just did a seven-week series on miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe if you need a miracle, you're in the right place. I believe if you need a miracle, Jesus is our healer. He's our miracle worker. We're believing. I'm believing with people right now and for people right now in our church that are facing uh, great needs and, and, and great physical issues. We're believing God for miracles. We, we, we believe in the miracle working power of God. Let me, just, let me just say that. The divine sudden intervention of God. I love miracles. I'm praying that God would do more miracles in our life and in our church. So, so I'm, I'm a miracle guy, okay? Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. But at the same time, miracles are not the common way God develops us. Miracles are faith accelerators. But our life should not look like needing a daily miracle and a daily breakthrough just to make it. Now, there might, there might be seasons of that and weeks of that, maybe even months of that, where it's just like, Jesus, I need you. No doubt. But I'm saying over the, the lifetime of your life, over, over the, the overarching picture of your life, you should not be in a constant state of stress believing for the next breakthrough 
We've gotta, we've gotta leave miracles only and we've gotta enter into sowing and reaping. Yes. Sowing and reaping, and you're like, are you talking about money? I'm actually not talking about money. I'm talking about a mentality. I'm dreaming big, but I'm starting small. And if I'm going to start small, it starts with sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is God's preferred and most used way of working in our lives. So here's what the Apostle Paul says. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever, man, whatever a man sows, he will also reap. If he sows to the flesh, he's going to reap corruption. If he sows to the Spirit, uh, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And do not... Let us grow weary while doing good. You can get tired doing the right thing because you haven't seen harvest yet. You can get tired starting small because you haven't seen the breakthrough yet. You can get tired in the waiting because God's still doing something deeper than you can currently see. So you can't grow weary in that. Don't grow weary while doing good, for in due season, God has a season for you. God has a set appointed time for you. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. Sowing and reaping is the slow and steady pursuit of growth, health, and strength. I'm going to say it again, though, because I think I just wanted to get in your heart. I don't need an amen, but I just think sowing and reaping is, is that slow and steady pursuit of growth and health and strength. It's, you got to understand this. Every decision is a seed. Every day is a seed. Every person is an opportunity to bless. We're always looking for people to give us something. But when I understand sowing and reaping, I'm trying to sow into your life. Every situation is a harvest in the making. Woo, every situation is a harvest in the making. I don't see it now. I don't like it now. So I'm choosing to see it as a seed that I sow into God's kingdom, believing for the expected harvest that he promised me. So again, here's Jesus' description of of the kingdom of God, a couple of weeks ago we looked at Mark. This is a different passage in Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of the garden plants. So let me just stop there. The, the mustard plant or the mustard tree was a menace. It was invasive. It chokes out other plants around it. So when you let the kingdom start growing in you, it will start pushing out. Come on, addiction, jealousy, insecurity, hate, racism, greed, fear. That, that kingdom starts growing and it becomes an invasive species in the, in the, in the soil of your soul. And so... It's, it's less about trying to change and more about inviting the kingdom in. And then as the kingdom comes in, it starts pushing out the darkness. It grows into a tree. It starts fully maturing. And the birds come and make nests in its branches. And now you become a blessing. Now you become a place of refuge. Now, now you're not always just looking for a blessing. You become a blessing. 
Now you're not always in need. Now, now you become the lender, not the borrower. You become the head, not the tail. You become above and not beneath. That, this is how the kingdom works. The kingdom is invasive. Jesus doesn't want to just be Lord of one part of your life. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So the kingdom comes in and it's invasive and it's pushing out everything else. So when you embrace sowing and reaping, you can have joy in life. Here's why I say that. Because even reaping takes work. There's a lot of you that are more successful than you ever thought you would be, and it's more work than you ever thought it would be. You're like, I thought I was past that. No. Nope. Because even reaping takes work. Have you, seen, have you seen people work fields? Have you seen people harvest wheat? Have you, have you seen people in rice fields? Have you, have you seen harvest? It doesn't just happen. So, so even reaping requires work and that's good this is radically different than the new age thought of the law of attraction i'm just gonna i'm just gonna like draw it to myself i'm just gonna think it and be it i'm just gonna see it and be it just that just doesn't work and it's not biblical it just isn't it's it's not how you it's not how you draw in the universe into your life. That's not how it works. That's nowhere in the Bible. You, you want to hear a law of the scripture in the New Testament? If a man does not work, he does not eat. <laughs> I'm leaving miracles only and I'm going into sowing and reaping where I do things today that ensure a different tomorrow. Not a perfect tomorrow, but a different tomorrow. Not a perfect future, but a different future than my past would have predicted. Oh my God, let me say that again. Not a perfect future, but a different future than my past would have predicted. From, the, from my family tree and from what I've seen and from what I've went through and from what dad was like and what grandpapa was like and what uncles were like and what everyone in my last name was like, my future is going to be different than what was predicted in my bloodline because of the seeds I'm sowing. Give me an amen, somebody. Clap your hands and help this preacher a little bit. Okay, so, so if, I, if, if I'm going to go from, from this mentality of just eating the manna to this new mentality, our thinking has to change from not enough to more than enough. You got to think different. See, the, the, the land of Egypt was not enough. They never had enough in Egypt. But in the land of the desert, the, the, the wilderness, it was just enough. It was always waiting on God for the manna. It, it, was, it was always in an anticipation for a miracle. Now, God was faithful and God provided, but again, God's not doing manna anymore. And sometimes when things dry up in your life, it's because God's trying to move you to a new season. So they went from waiting on God for manna, they went from just enough for the day to the promised land, which was a place of opportunity. They started eating the food of the land. 
If you know your Bible, you, you, you know that they went and checked out the lane and they saw these big grapes and they saw these olives and they saw this land flowing with milk and honey and they saw this. And now, now it's time to start eating of that. It's, 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 a, it's a different mentality. But I got to eat of the land. I got I to gotta work the land. <laughs> yes, it had giants. Yes, it had enemies. That, by the way, that's why the promised land is not a picture of heaven. You'll hear, you'll hear people say things like that. Like, well, you know, the promised land was, was just a picture of, of the New Testament believer going to heaven. No, it's not. Because there aren't going to be giants in heaven. There aren't going to be enemies in heaven. There aren't going to be battles in heaven. The promised land is a place of provision, promises, and battles. But it's a place to live, a place to prosper, a place to occupy. You, you can enter now into a different place, not just... Just enough, not, not never enough, but more than enough where you begin to eat off of the land. In other words, you begin, you begin to find your source in the opportunities that God has put around you. So Paul addresses this not enough mentality in the, in the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. He goes, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life. Now, I don't know how you would define your life, but most people in this room, most people online would not define their life as wide open and spacious. And yet that's the life the kingdom has for you. And, And the preacher is not fencing you in. Paul goes, I'm not fencing you. I'm not keeping you small. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Do you know how much money is in Las Vegas? Do you know how much opportunity is in Las Vegas? Do you know how much resource? Oh, Jabin, we're in a recession. The money hasn't gone. It didn't leave the world. They're not burning up money. They're not dumping it in the ocean. It's still here. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Because that's how dad was, and that's how the family was, and that's how people where I live are, and that's how my cousins are, and that. That's from you. You got to get the smallness out of you. You may have left small, but you're still small. Paul goes, I didn't, that's not God. God's not putting that on you. All right, let's keep reading. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Oh my goodness. I just want to preach every line and I got to stop because I got to, because I got to preach five more times. I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Paul goes, I love you. And I just want to tell you, I love you, but open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. We got to dream big. So when I say, when I say start small, I'm not saying you're small. I'm starting small, but I'm not small. I'm starting small, but I have a big future. I'm starting small, but I'm bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. And I refuse to let a small mentality, small thinking, small spirit stop me from what God has for me. I I was was, uh, preaching for a church last week, and the pastor was talking about a building that they're going to build. It's going to cost $30 million dollars. And he was telling it to his staff, and he goes, you know, this project's going to be about $30 million. And his whole team went, 
<sighs> so you know what I did? My next sermon, I, I opened this scripture. And I said, y'all, you're in Miami. Y'all got, you, got money on money. You got money in your couches. You got money in your cushions. You got, you got money everywhere. $30 million? What is $30 million in Miami? And I was encouraging the staff, you don't, don't let smallness get in. Oh, 30 million. Wow, that's a lot of. Yeah. People are building $30 million homes in the Summit Club right now. And, and churches of thousands. Oh, 30 million. That's here, y'all. We got a, we got a $2.3 billion Death Star football stadium. That's, we're small. Shame on Christians for having a smaller mentality and smaller faith than unbelievers. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Uh, who's them? Anyone and anything and any spirit trying to overcome you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. I'm dreaming big. I'm willing to start small, but I'm dreaming big. I got a big future. Oh, I feel this. And my past is not going to predict where I'm going. Okay, okay, so, so, so. If manna is missing, then God is teaching us to move, point three, from wandering to conquering. Here's where they ate from, the land of Canaan. Canaan means two things. Number one, it means the lowlands where the water flows. So not, you know, we we, we talk about valleys in, in church like it's a bad thing. Valleys were a good thing. Valleys were the, were the places where the water fell, and that's where the fruit was. And the, so the, the Canaan was a, was a valley where water would come off the mountains, and then that's where all the resource would happen. Wow. So God, God put them in a place where they could sow and they could reap where water would be abundant. You have a Canaan. It's not automatic that you'll eat from it, but there's an opportunity to eat from it. Okay. It also means, Canaan means to subdue. So God's trying to teach us, we we need to leave wandering and start conquering. I'll never forget when we moved here, I was speaking with a a mentor of mine in Tulsa, Oklahoma, his name is Bill Shear, and I said, Pastor Bill, what's one thing I should do when we go to Vegas to plant a church? What's the one thing I need to do? And he gave me the weirdest answer I'd ever heard. He looked right at me and he said, you need to buy a house. What? He said, don't lease. Buy a house and dig down and get some roots. Buy a house. Well, no, no, I meant about ministry. No, he said, no, 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 you got to have a house. You got to be established in your city because if you're leasing, when things get tough, you'll leave. And he said, then you buy land or a building as quickly as possible which I, I can't talk about that right now, but I, I will soon. He goes, because you got to dig roots. Because if you lease buildings and you lease chairs and you lease a house and you lease equipment and you lease lights, and then when, when things get tough, you just leave. 
and you just become a wanderer instead of a conqueror. So you say, you got to buy a house. I went. So you know what we did? We moved here. We bought a house. Because there was a mentality I had to embrace. We're here. I'm not telling you to buy a house. I'm not giving you a financial advice. I'm telling you a story about my life. Listen, in the wilderness, they had vague instruction. Follow the cloud. You don't know where it's going to go. We don't know what's next. We don't know how long we're going to be here. They all lived in tents. The tabernacle was a tent. Everything was, everything was, was fluid. It was vague. But in the promised land, they had clear and a, a clear and specific plan to take territory and to subdue. It was different. I feel like so many people are divided in their heart about life because we have so many options now. And the, and the scripture warns us, don't be double-minded. Just don't, don't entertain everything. We got to be led by the Holy Spirit, not by circumstance. We got to be led by the Holy Spirit, not by yeses and nos. We got to be led by the Holy Spirit, not by doors that are open or closed. I don't just walk through a door because it's open. Just because just it's not locked doesn't mean it's my door. I'm not going to walk into the women's restroom today, no matter how bad I need to go. It's not locked, but it's not my door. Sometimes we're looking for the open door instead of getting a clear, specific plan from the Holy Spirit. We're looking for, we, we, we've said that opportunity and influence is always God, and it's not. Can I tell you something else real quick? Just about my own life. I'm, I'm writing a book right now and, and signed with a literary agent who works with Stephen Furtick and Mike Todd and, and they, re they reached out to me. I didn't reach out to them. They reached out to me a year ago, but it, it wasn't the door yet. So I said no. But a year later when they reached back out and they said, you need to write a book. You know what I said? I said, I think I need to write a book. And then Mike Todd looked at me and said, you got to write a book. I said, I think I got to write a book. And then last week I was in Miami with Rich Wilkerson. He said, you need to write a book. I said, I think I need to write a book. And then I preached a message a couple weeks ago. And Omar said, that, that's your book. I said, I think I might need to write a book. But, it, but I had a yes a year ago, but I didn't have a yes here. Okay, because I'm not wandering, looking for approval, looking for influence, looking for, looking for money, looking for, a, looking for a payout, looking for... I'm conquering. And conquering means I get clear and specific plans from heaven. Oh, God, okay. I remember I was golfing with a, with a buddy a couple of months ago who goes to our church, so I'm not going to call him out, but we were golfing a couple of months ago, and he goes, this is his quote. Man, I am 100% sure that I think we're going to stay in Vegas. <laughs> Trevor went, what? And he goes, uh, I'm 100% sure I think. God, I, I just believe God is telling people, and I, I'm, not, I'm not making a sales pitch for Vegas, but, but you got to like, you, you got to just settle down, some of you. Plant here, stay here, settle here, conquer here, put down roots here. Wherever here is for you, but get a here. Get a Canaan, a place where water flows. 
get a Canaan, a place where you can subdue. When God stops sending manna, he's making a point. And the point is not leave. The point is settle. Yes. We feel any kind of change, and we think that means we got to leave. Maybe God's actually leveling you up. Okay, so here's what, here's what God told the people in Jeremiah 29, 11. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The God of Israel says, he, to all you who are carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, they're, they're in a new place. And we are in Babylon. We are... Not, not just Vegas, but we're in the world system. And look what God says about living in the world system. Build houses. Yeah. Settle down. So Plant gardens. Eat what they produce. We all know verse 11, huh? I know the plans I have for you, says yeah. the Lord. Plans to prosper you, give you hope in a future. That, that's only powerful if you know this. Yes. Marry. Yes. Get married. Do you love each other? Yeah. Are you both Christians? Yeah. Get freaking married. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say freaking. <laughs> like, what do we get married? Have kids. Buy yes, wives for your sons. Right. Give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Oh, Jabin, we're in the last days, brother. We shouldn't be ah, <laughs> dummy. Increase in number there. And do not decrease. Don't go hide in a bunker somewhere because there's a war going on in hey. Europe. Don't go high because gas prices are high. Don't freak out because mortgage rates will drop again. I'm not decreasing. That smallness is in here. I'm not saying don't be wise. I'm just saying that's here. Also, seek the prosperity of the city to which you live. I hate Vegas. It's hot. It's windy. And now everyone's complaining about the monsoon. Oh, my God. What's with these clouds? You were just mad that it was hot. Seek. I'm preaching too hard. Seek the prosperity. Because I've carried you here. Pray for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Babylon and God says pray for pray that God would bless Babylon pray that God will bless sin city mm. yes. we need to call down fire on sin city we need to call down judgment on this land we need God says pray for its prosperity yes. it's going to affect you it's going to bless you yes. see we just it's smallness yes. we have to abandon that small stinking manna mentality so just enough Amen. Amen. I hear you, Sean. Welcome back. I hear you. Thank you. I hear you. Right? I mean, I hope I'm, I'm not trying to be all in your business. I'm just trying to get something in your spirit right now. What do you need to conquer in your life? What area of your life are you not winning in right now that you need to turn into an area of Canaan where you conquer? Is it, is it in your mental health? Is it in your soul health? Just be, let me just be your pastor for literally two minutes. Less screen time, more reading. Less junk food, more non-processed foods. Praise the Lord. That one's for me. 
Less sitting, more movement. I'll just be real practical. For me, that meant last night I ate a salad with grilled chicken, and then I went on a prayer walk. Because that, that's not just good for me spiritually. It's actually good for my head and for my body and for less isolation, more friendships. Is that where you need to conquer? Conquer. Relationships. We got to start choosing a small circle of like-minded people over popularity. You don't need 100 friends. You don't need 10 friends. You need two or three. Rider dies. Y'all know what a rider dies? Okay, okay, let's keep it going. Talk about relationships. Invest more time, money, and energy into your marriage. Invest more time, energy, and money into your marriage. Amen. We're talking about conquering. Want to conquer financially? Set a budget. I love what Dave Ramsey calls them. He calls them baby steps, not giant leaps. Baby steps. Get out of debt. Baby step. Get a thousand bucks in an emergency fund. Baby steps. Build that to six months emergency fund. Baby step. Just baby step. Just little things. Start paying into retirement. Baby steps. It, it, it seems so foolish to put a couple hundred bucks into an IRA right now. It just seems so dumb until you're 65 and are sitting on a couple of million and you go, well, I'm glad I did that. Because when you're getting six, seven, eight, nine percent interest, you're going, this is so stupid because I could buy a Bitcoin and it could. No, just baby steps. Just keep paying on your retirement. Just keep, just baby steps. Pray for creative ways to make more money. Make this a Canaan land. When you're, when you're thinking about money, think freedom, not things. Freedom, not things. I keep saying this, freedom, not things. Financial freedom, not stuff. Financial freedom, not bling. Not the latest and the greatest and the shiniest and the fanciest. Freedom. Not things that are depreciating, things that are appreciating. Freedom. You got to leave wandering. And enter into conquering. We got to leave miracles only. We got to get into sowing and reaping. We got to leave not enough and get into more than enough. Let me play me out of here. I got to end. I, I, I hope I'm making sense today. We're, we're going to dream big. There's so much big stuff for the body of Christ. I truly believe. I believe it's our greatest hour. But we're starting small. Little baby steps, little by little, taking us into all the promises of God. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen, amen, amen. Come on, clap your hands. Give God some praise.